0: it's so good to be back in the studio, Mike, it's so good. It is so good. And I feel like I haven't seen you in a year. <sighs> a, I mean, fu- a full year? I mean, so much has happened. I mean, it's summer. Summer went by really quick. Yeah. Uh, we had a hurricane in Florida. My, my mother and my sister and my brother are all doing fine. It's good. All, there's a, there's a big mess down there that's so, um, okay. Uh, we're going to work through it. Uh but it seems like uh oh we've had a, a war in ukraine we've had oh man is the world we've still had a lot.
1: here the world is still here and we're still here although a lot of people were asking me if we were gonna ever come back for the podcast
0: well you know i can't say it's my fault on this one can't say it's my fault i think you've been really busy really mm. really busy. i think somebody canceled last week oops <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so good to have you two with us. Yes, not you two, but you also with us <laughs> on Theology on Mission podcast—the place where theology meets the challenges of culture for Christ's kingdom, Christ's mission. Can we have an amen? Amen. Yeah. So um, we got a lot of exciting things happening. This is the first episode of the new season. That's right. I'm jazzed. I'm excited. Have you ever seen me this excited in a podcast before?
1: I, you were really excited about 15 minutes ago when I heard you yelling the
0: word veggie tails down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's not get into that, okay? Uh, and I don't know if yelling is the appropriate descriptor on that, but anyways, yeah, I, I, I've, I uh, had a interesting class last night and there's always so many things going on at northern seminary and there's so many conversations that are so important and uh so i thought we would work today do Mm -hmm. a little work i think maybe you need to do this work i do need this i think maybe you need a little therapy i need i need this more than you i think we both need it but um it's the start of, you know, September is like over now, yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're planning churches or we're renewing churches. And a while back I said house gatherings, house fellowships okay. uh, might be the way to regather a church mm-hmm. out of COVID. It might be just the way to renew a church out of COVID by starting with house fellowships and regathering in homes in the neighborhoods surrounding a a larger gathering. And frankly, maybe we just need to put the larger gathering together off for a few months, maybe a year, Uh until we regather the church. And uh, I know you have an investment in house gatherings. I have an investment with house gatherings. Everything that we're going to talk about today, probably no one else agrees with in our respective churches that that we are (laughs) leading or part of. And I, hope somebody, yet, I hope somebody agrees with <clears> us. I want us to have a good discussion about mm-hmm. why house churches are so important, how they can be done and gathered, and how they can renew a church. Okay. And I'm for the record, I'm not sold out on
1: this one. I'm gonna be antagonistic. Not just to, You and a bunch of other people. <clears> not <throat> just for the spice of the <clears throat> podcast, but because I I wrote down five things right here. Look
0: five. At, look at,
1: I just wrote five things. I see it, but I can't read it because no. your handwriting's pretty well, bad. Well, I can't, I can't read it either, but <laughs> j- j- just maybe some issues or maybe maybe some uh, arrows I'm going to sling at you about uh, house churches. Okay,
0: and as, with everything we do, uh, and, and every podcast we do, uh, we're not trying to say Fitch and Moore have the right answers. This is what we're struggling with. This is the theolo- mm-hmm. theological issues we're struggling with, and this is where I've come out on the issue and where you've come out on the issue. So let's go, let's start out. First, let's just do uh, a a basic introduction as to what I see is a house church. Hmm. Um, I start with Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two, verse 42, hold on. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Well, my first
1: point I wrote down was actually, I, I don't think it's biblical. So this will be interesting. Oh,
0: wow. Talk (laughs) about... I I was just
1: going to say there's no place in Scripture where we see people meeting in homes. Mm.
0: By the way, darn it, uh, uh, Scott McKnight, uh, I can't remember where, but he was talking about a major study on house churches Uh and the, uh, the, uh, uh, I don't know, the statement or the proposition that the early church, first 100, 150 years, primarily met. In house churches. And this study, Mm -hmm. extensive archaeological and biblical and sociological Mm -hmm. study of the first 200 years, says it's true. It wasn't all house churches. There were bigger gatherings, other-sized gatherings, and it's it's rather complicated to go into the thesis right now. But I agree with you that it's not uh, biblical to say only house churches, but I actually (laughs) want to contend that house gatherings um, were a big part. discipleship in the early church so here you know this the story goes like this Mm -hmm. uh so those who welcomed the message were baptized and that day about 300 persons were added and then here's the pattern they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching fellowship breaking of bread and prayers those four things. Yeah. Um, apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and the prayers. Now, I don't think Luke, when he wrote this, was being cavalier. Oh, what four things can I just pick out of nowhere? And mm-hmm. he was actually describing a meeting that took place most often in homes. And of course, a little later on there, it says they met, they spent time in the temple, but then they met house to house and They were known in the community with favor. And so the house gathering is mentioned, but these four things, I think, are the staple of life together as Christians. And I think it can all happen in a house gathering in a way which doesn't, in a way which is not thwarted in the big gathering. Mm -hmm. Where do you come down on that? Yeah, I
1: think. Obviously, house gatherings are important, but wouldn't you say that that's highly
0: contextualized? What is highly contextualized?
1: Their gatherings in a home. You you could argue that the church met in homes because of persecution, because they maybe didn't have um, the favor of the civic uh, rulers of the day, maybe because of economic constraints. So they had to meet in homes. Whereas now in 21st century North America, you know, churches can rent spaces. They can own property. They can own buildings. Generally speaking, they're not they're not persecuted.
0: Yeah, especially in the United States. By the way, house gathering movements are <clears throat> more prominent in places like China, right? Uh, where they are for various reasons, governmental reasons, not allowed to meet. Or when they are meet, yeah. they they meet in big places and they're restricted. And so. Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit uh, often takes place. In the yeah, I mean, that's a good example. I've heard people make this argument in the U.S. that, oh, you know, we should
1: just be anonymous Christians, kind of like the Christians in China. And my, and my response is like, well, but but we're not in China. We're absolutely we're in this context. So I think your point's taken well that there were Christians being in in homes in the early church, but I don't think that necessarily means that we should.
0: Okay, so to. so I think that's, uh, Mike, uh, 1952 when mm, it was assumed that people didn't have discomfort with going to church, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. that probably your argument holds contextually. Again, mm-hmm. the word, the magic word at Northern Seminary, contextual yeah. theology. Okay, but I argue today there are so many Christians who just can't, Stomach, going into a building, sure. listening to a sermon, mm-hmm. being uh, led in songs, mm-hmm. um, these four things—prayer—they um, are just not open to it. They—they they are too skeptical. They are too in the um, uh, critical, mm-hmm. and yet uh, they need a place to process a their anger, their distrust towards Christianity, okay. etc. Yeah, and a home done right. yeah. Open space for friendship and presence across the table, where eventually, not the first time, although I just heard a story of a house group this morning where somebody came the first time and started confessing some issues in his marriage and the Holy Spirit filled the place. Awesome. And there was some healing going on. Mm. Okay, so it can't happen. But most of the time it takes some time, a cultivation of presence and friendship around a table before we're able to process how much we have been hurt, abused, traumatized, or otherwise Hmm. turned away from and turned off the church. Yeah. And so I think house groups might be the best place for a renewal of church for that reason. Okay. What do you think?
1: I think house, I think that works for a certain population typically those who are described as post-evangelical, educated, um, Mm. typically white, not always. But I agree with everything you're saying because that's kind of my experience and that's a lot of the people I've pastored in the past. So I think if people are growing up in a church where Sunday is the dominant force that's pulling people into a building, they're being talked at, they're being told to, you know, do all these things. Take this nice little package, go out, live it the rest of your week. Then something like a house church is really, really attractive. And I think it can it can work to renew maybe a certain kind of church or a certain type of Christian. What do you think?
0: A certain kind, but it can't work for other types.
1: Yeah, sorry. I, I I'm not saying it can't work. I guess I'm saying I see it predominantly popping up in those forms.
0: Okay. So, so <laughs> here we go, ladies uh, and gentlemen, here we go. He so, just took the gloves off. If you're kind of wondering what right, happened, I had the gloves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've i heard this from a lot of people and they've planted house churches. Oh, we planted this house church. Cause we thought it'd be a great way to engage our neighbors, to meet non-Christians, to introduce people to, to Jesus and, you know, to uh, proclaim the gospel in our locale. And then what ends up happening is, but actually we just ended up gathering a bunch of disaffected Christians. You know, half of them have master's degrees in theology. Everybody listens to the Theology on Mission podcast and all these other, you know, like, like they're, they're, they're all reading, watching the same thing, following the same people on Twitter. And it's like, oh, actually all we did was we just reproduced a different form of the church. It's just, high, it's a higher concentration of cynical people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, look, dude, I, I, hear, you on, oh, okay. I hear you on this. And, and our church, Peace of Christ in Westmont, is in the process. By the way, don't join us or come to our church right now because we're overflowing with too many people for our house groups. And one of the problems okay. is, I mean, there are so many ways a house group can get derailed yes. from being the gathering into the presence and person of Jesus Christ. There are so many ways I'm going to have, I have three of them, but there's a hundred of them. I'm going to okay. talk about three okay. of them, but there's Give a thousand of them.
1: Give okay, I don't
0: want to get there yet. i okay. still haven't talked about okay. the whys and hows, but, but, but I want to challenge you. Like if, if someone is hurting and struggling to figure out who God is uh-huh. and how he works and how they can follow Jesus with their life, often, this person is not going to be not only... Uh, uh, not, not, whoops, that was my phone. Uh, not only is this person not going to be ready to go to a church service, but I don't know that a church service can help them. Mm-hmm. Because real mm-hmm. discipleship comes after the church service well, yeah. is over around a meal where we're sorting out what does it mean to do a b c we just heard from jesus out of the heart comes your tongue what mm-hmm. you say oh what does it mean when when my tongue is is warped and, yeah. and is spewing out negativity all the time uh yeah. how do i follow jesus with my tongue okay now that that needs to be worked out among a people mm-hmm. with stories and wisdom and seeking Christ yes. and the power of the Holy Spirit to heal us from our negative thought mm-hmm. patterns that come out in the way we talk all the time. I, I agree with that 100%. That, that to me is a
1: discipleship issue. And that's a discipleship practice, being around the table. <laughs> yes. I think you could argue that, I'm not necessarily saying this is my view, but going to a church on a Sunday morning it can be an entry point into a network of relationships where you then are discipled. And I think that's another concern with house groups, which is um, I'm okay walking into this building with a foyer and easily discernible exits. (laughs) I don't know if I'm okay with like buzzing the door, walking into your living room, sitting on your couch. Like, I don't know you. Like it, it can almost be too intimate, too quickly. For right. Yeah.
0: Uh, here's what I want to say to that. Yeah. I don't believe uh, house groups, at least initially, are for people who are complete outsiders to Christianity. Okay. Uh, I don't believe that. And I don't believe we're okay. going to reach people outside of the the who have not yet known Jesus as mm-hmm. Lord through mm-hmm. a house group. Mm-hmm. My phone is going ballistic it's right. right now. Wait, let, nice, let it's me just get. Nice background a music. Uh, okay. Uh, I just want to say, though, that those practices that we engage people outside Mm -hmm. of the church, they don't happen around a house. They happen in the places where people meet, gather, do things. That's where we engage. That's what I call the half circle. Mm-hmm. So let's get that out of our, our imagination. Now, there mm-hmm. might be people that come into our house group from outside the faith. And that that's good as, as long as we have a house group yeah. established. But that's not the primary reason for the house group. The house group is a renewal of Christianity among people who are Christians or seeking Christians, period. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Did, did I sell you on yeah, that yet? Yeah. I, I agree with I agree with you. This was what Par- you always do. I agree with you, <laughs> but.
1: I call it the Jesus juke. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm coming, yeah, I
0: agree kinda, with you. Oh, you're yeah, so, but.
1: I think about this. Throw it on the mic. Folks, if that just hurt your ear, I'm oh, sorry yeah. about I'll that. go back and edit it. Okay. Um, I think one of the advantages on a Sunday morning gathering at a church building is you can have all those things happening at once. All those things are happening at once. You can get somebody coming in off the street. You can get somebody who's there and wants to be like at the table, at the Eucharist table. You can have somebody giving a testimony. You can have just a variety of relationships um, to each other and to Jesus all happening at once in that space. And I begin to worry about the practicalities of just how people live their lives. Like to get people into my home for gathering once a week and then to say, oh, and we're also going to like throw a party on the block this week as well. The response I get is, oh, well, I have a job and he has a job. Oh, and we have soccer practice and, uh, oh, we're going to be out of town and we, I have to go grocery shopping. Oh, we have a dentist appointment. And then at some point you're like, oh my goodness. how?' Okay, are we
0: folks, uh, I don't know if you're hearing what I'm hearing right now. Uh-oh. But um, <laughs> Mike Moore is uh, in the process of seeking to plant a church and he's not having a lot of success. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not finding the people that he needs to plant this church. Let me just say this. Uh, uh, no, oh, okay. I totally don't. I think we, the, the, the approach has got to be uh, different. Okay. Uh, we're not asking people to have a house group and then have a, a party, a block party, and uh-huh. then, oh, by the way, commit yourself to meeting at the shelter for people without homes oh, twice a do month. Do a triad and, too. And and do a triad. No, no, no. The, the pattern of the early church is three spaces. Three, not 10. Uh, uh-huh. uh, for it, it's, it's a Sunday gathering. Uh, uh, it's a house gathering, and it's a it's a presence among the lost, the hurting, the broken, somewhere in some space. That's three times a week. Uh, I assume you eat anyways. So the house gathering is just going to function for your meal for that mm-hmm, one time mm-hmm. of the week. So that's really just two gatherings. If you can't commit yourself to two rhythms, <clears throat> uh being on Sunday morning and 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 being also in a place of mission mm-hmm. a week for that's that's let me add that up maybe five hours, six hours a week. If you can't commit yourself to that, I'm sorry, this is not for you. (laughs) Go down to a certain convenience store church where where you can clock in for an hour a week and be done with it then.
1: You sound like a cynical Christian that would be really good in a house. All right.
0: So let me just say one more thing. Sorry. uh, To frame out what I mean by a house gathering and what I've come to cherish About every house gathering I've been a part of. Tell us the good news. It's the four things. Eating together, fellowship. Fellowship is about being with one another, listening to one another, being present to a table, getting out of myself and my obsessions with my own self long enough to be present with somebody else at a meal and ask them questions, learn what's happening, and allow the Holy Spirit to you know create a space of his work among us that's Mm -hmm. what i call the first hour fellowship and eating together the second hour is discerning life together it says they uh what does it say apostles teaching they devoted themselves Mm -hmm. devoted themselves they discerned what is god's word for me to this week and this issue i'm dealing with this week so read a text At, at, at our church we're having uh The preachers preach, uh, actually, John went 20 minutes this week, but Mm. I would prefer 15 minutes on a video, an introductory to a text and a challenge from the text uh, that we're studying together as a church. And then we gather and we use that second hour to discern and follow Jesus and learn how to trust him in all the various things we're confronted with in our lives. And then that last half an hour, we devote ourselves to prayer and submitting all things to Him, including our lives, including each other, including the neighborhood, including the church and mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the sweetest two and a half hours in the week. That's a house gathering to me. That shapes... And when we see God work in people's lives, when we see God heal people, deal with deep entangled antagonisms in their life that they're finally able to get out, express, and be healed from... Mm -hmm. Through reconciliation, prayer, healing, discernment, following Jesus—that's that's amazing stuff. It is amazing. That's amazing, and and that's two. That's the sweetest two and a half hours of the week. Mm-hmm. That's how I see
1: it. And that's separate then from a Sunday from a Sunday gathering. Yes, which is another two hours, probably yeah.
0: hour and a half. Yeah, sure. And in our case. Since we're not doing that, we have a 15-minute video, so it's only 15 minutes. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But there will be a time when we gather. I think we're doing it once a month, by the way, gathering all together. I think a lot
1: place. of churches are now doing that
0: a little more. They're yeah. just not gathering as frequently. But to me, the house gathering is it. It's where it's at. It's two it's and, the, and a half hours. It's the hours. Bee's knees. It's the sweetest two and a half hours. Sometimes it's really sweet. We,
1: we had our house, ga- house gathering last night, but man, <clears> I was just like, I was so tired. So it can be really sweet and also be really, really, um, exhausting
0: sometimes. Okay. Well, if, uh, if we need to talk and if we need to maybe start a church gathering ourselves, <laughs> <a house> gathering, <laughs> let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about some things that can okay. derail the house gathering. Yes. I have three of them. You have 10 you said?
1: I think, I, well, I, I think I just told you a lot of them, but yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. Well, uh, here's, here's one. I call it social club itis. Mm, yes. You know what I'm talking about? I do. It turns into a social club. <sighs> it turns in, I just want to be with my friends and complain about my life. Club. Oh my gosh. Or I just want to be with my friends and feel good about myself because people like me. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Social club yep. itis. <laughs> Instead of, this is a gathering to be around the table to meet the living presence of Christ here among us. Yeah. It turns into social club-itis. I would add one to
1: that. Um, I have experienced that. It can also become a place where people um, place too great of expectations on the house fellowship. This is going to be the place that solves everything. This is going to be the perfect like fellowship harmony. This is just going to be the way everything's supposed to be. And we're never going to let each other let each other down. And this is just going to be everything that God intended. <clears throat> really high expectations that can also kind of paralyze a group.
0: So what you're saying is we need to sell this <clears throat> in a way which lowers low expectations. Yeah, lo, low, low low expectations. Low ball the expectations. <laughs> but, but it's an effective strategy
1: probably. Surely you've encountered this in your church planning days where People feel like they're doing doing something for the first time ever. Nobody's ever done it this way before, and then it gets hard, and then expectations are missed, and then it can fracture.
0: Yeah. It oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, uh, yeah. Uh, and frankly, I think what I'm encountering in my own church body is um, um, there's been a lot of failures in house groups over the last four or five years sure. and uh there's been the complaint you know oh how is anything going to change if we just keep doing the same thing over and over again and what i like to say is well uh, let's not do the same thing mm-hmm. again yeah. uh and let's let's avoid these um you know uh what did I call them uh, social clubitis torpedoes things that can torpedo a oh, uh, house okay. Group. oh okay Uh, let's let's avoid social club itis the second thing is this is where people get kind of amped up is i think children can torpedo a house sure and um here's here's what i want to say about that many people um like that chapter that i wrote in faithful presence about being with children Mm -hmm. and um i just want to say that uh there is a time to be with children like in our house groups that we're forming, I think we need a special hour for catechesis and, ch- and ch- teaching children what they need to know about Christ uh, on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen at house group uh, because we need an adult hour there to discern. Adults need to be with adults to discern their lives. If adults are not getting discipled, the children are gonna not get discipled. Mm -hmm. The children are gonna get most discipled when their parents are discipled. And so I say, we gotta have something to be with the children in. They've gotta come with Mm -hmm. us and what we're doing. So I say, the first hour when we eat together and listen, the children are with us and they're learning how to listen. Yeah. learning how to ask good questions that's something really uh, good uh, the, the skill is is rare among adults never mind children can we mm-hmm. learn it together then for that hour of discernment go downstairs and play right we'll right. have some crafts or we'll have veggie <laughs> tales <laughs> <laughs> okay or we'll have uh, whatever yeah. uh, uh, but let's try to keep the distractions to a minimum adults need to be with adults yeah. otherwise, Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It, it torpedoes the the discerning hour, yeah, being yeah. present with one another. And then when we do come back, we pray. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more important for children than to see adults and learn from adults praying together. Yeah, I think, and, and so I think that's we got to watch uh, and manage and direct so that the children don't t- torpedo the house group. Yeah, that's good. What do you think? Oh yeah, I think it becomes really tough
1: when you, you have a. Large age gap, though you know you have a toddler here, and then you have, you know, a fourteen-year-old. And sometimes a fourteen-year-old can be present to a conversation, but there's some conversations they shouldn't be. Yes, that can be that can just become a little challenging, I think, in terms of management
0: level. Absolutely, these are things we need to work out as, and and we need, and but a a third torpedo is is a house group, especially when you're starting, can be too big. Hmm. It can be too big. How big is too big? I personally think ten is too big. Ten adults. It, oh. Any more than that is too big because mm. there has to be a developed culture of trust with one another. Mm-hmm. And out of that, we hopefully develop leaders and we can split when we get bigger. Mm-hmm. But we have to have space for people to come in too. Sure. So 12 to 14 gets really unmanageable depending on you know how many kids and so forth. So uh, if you're yeah, starting yeah. this, don't start them too big. That's my... My thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are my torpedoes, Mm. my initial torpedoes. There's about 52 torpedoes. (laughs) Those are the ones. Tune in uh, next time for the next 52 torpedoes. So what do you think? Well, let's just try to sum up what we've talked about uh, for the good people, listeners, Theology on Mission podcast. Do you think house groups can save the church of North America? (laughs) Well, I don't think they can save the church of North America. I do think
1: that they're a faithful response to the changes in our context, though. I do. So in other words, you agree that they can save the church? No. no. I I, I, I feel like I should say Jesus can save the church. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. It's like an alley-oop, but you're just throwing it up there. Uh, I do think they're a good and faithful response. I really do.
0: I don't see any way out of this. Okay. Uh, Well,
1: yeah. I I think when some of the mid-sized to large churches start looking at their bankroll, you know, in four or five years and they have to start selling property and laying off more staff, then I think it'll become even more apparent.
0: I know that there are large churches out oh, there. We know, a lot, we know a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and I know that some of them have come back in, in decent shape. Mm-hmm, okay, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometime you and I got to talk about why those those churches are surviving hmm. and what are the uh, socioeconomics and cultural factors. Mm, yeah. But for now, I don't think there's any way out of what we're in, which is a malaise of the church, mm-hmm. uh, millions of young under the age of 35 leaving yeah. the church, yeah. I don't think there's any way of reconstituting the church of Jesus Christ apart from house gathering. They're sure not
1: interested in walking into a church on a Sunday morning.
0: So I don't I don't know, Mike More uh if that was an overstatement, but I feel good saying it. I don't think there's any way <laughs> out of this. The renewal of the church in North America apart from house gatherings. I think it's a good place to start. I really do. And maybe it's a good place to end this podcast for you. Hey, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been so great to be with you again, Theology on Mission Podcast, where theology meets the challenges of culture for Christ's kingdom and mission. Um, give us a review. Uh, sure. We're going to have lots of guests on this year. Right. I know we promise that every year, but this year you've already got three or four lined up. You're not going to give it away though. No, no. And yeah. and and we have a lot of good things coming up for discussion uh, on theology and mission. So we look forward to seeing you or hearing you or no, you hearing us. Yeah. Either uh, one. <laughs> uh, uh, in in the weeks to come. Uh, until then, it's over and out. Mike Moore and Dave Fitch will see you next time.